Did you know stores offering upsells increase their average order value by 10 to 30% on average? Every Shopify store with more than one product should have an upsell strategy. My go-to app for running those upsells is Bold Upsell. It is the number one rated and most review upsell app on Shopify. I use it for my clients because it supports true upsells. Did you know there's a difference? A true upsell is where the upsell offer replaces the item being added to cart. For example, you're buying a one pound bag of coffee, the store offers you a two pound bag for just $10 more. You accept it, the two pound bag replaces the one pound bag in your cart. That's an upsell. A cross sell is like an accessory. It gets added to the cart in addition. So if I offered you a coffee mug to go with your coffee beans, that's a cross sell. This matters because a true upsell typically converts 20 times better than a cross sell. Now it gets better here. Bold upsell also supports funnel offers. So let's say a customer says no to that two pound coffee bag. Bold can then offer them a different upsell like a one and a half pound bag. Maybe they say yes to that. So then we can offer them the coffee mug as well. So you'd see where this can radically increase your average order value. If you're not sure which products to upsell though, I have a solution. When you install BoldBrain for free, it works with Upsell to create the highest converting upsells ever through machine learning. It's upselling on autopilot. We talked about it back in episode 151. Now, as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their upsell app free for 60 days. Oh my gosh, 60 days. To get this special offer, go to kurtelster.com bold, and you'll be able to install it from there. That's kurtelster.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them, they are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. get your images right, make sure everyone understands the parts and pieces, what's in the box, and then answer all the what if questions, you know, returns, shipping and whatever. If you can do those things, so you're like, you're, 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 you're batting at a much higher average than, than most. I love it. So today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, Josh Frank from Test Triggers is going to explain to us how to optimize our product detail page. Fabulous. If your eardrums are still okay. Uh, Josh, all right, so what's the thing? What happened where you went, man, let's go deep on product detail pages? Because certainly you were doing fine just with general you know, split testing and traditional CRO. Yeah, it was really born out of a repeated question I kept getting, which is um, I would talk to brands and they would say, 
hey, maybe we don't have enough traffic for A-B testing or we're not ready for a full CRO commitment, but, but is there any way you could get in and look at how to optimize our store? And so I really started to focus on, well, listen, if you want to do something super small, I can check out your product page, give a couple of tweaks and, and you can implement those. And that's going to be a pretty you know, high leverage place to, to optimize. But when I started doing these, I realized I was saying the same things over and over and over again. And I was calling on these examples of stores that were doing a really great job and thinking to myself, why aren't we all just taking these tidbits from these really great product pages and implementing them on stores? Many of them are not specific to some market or some um, only if you sell X, Y, or Z. Um, and so I started going through and kind of spec out a bit of a framework on if you can nail down these things, you're doing a pretty darn good job as it comes to product pages. And well, uh, let's start with let's start with mistakes. To where are we screwing this up? Where are most of us getting this wrong? Where like you load up a page, you're like, oh my god, Ew. like what are we doing wrong here? Boring, run of the mill copy, and even worse is when you, brands try to sound so much smarter and self important than they actually are. Now I'm not saying this to to poke fun at brands or anything like that, but this me, me, me type of copy um, is just pervasive throughout product pages. Now, let me stop anyone before they start thinking, but Josh, people don't read. Um, I was That's what I was about to, <laughs> I was going to play devil's advocate, go Josh, but people don't read. <laughs> but, and, I, and I'm sure, Kurt, you, you've looked, I'm sure at your fair share of visitor recordings and heat maps and things like that. And what you find is that we all tend to accidentally look at the average of everyone that uses a site and go, well, if the time on site is this, how can people possibly be reading? And you go, well, those that buy spend more time on the site and do read. And that's certainly backed up when you look at visitor recordings and heat maps split by people that actually buy versus those by no fault of their own, the product's just not right for them. And this is maybe one large overarching thing is trying to understand there are those where your product is even in the realm of being right for them. Let's worry about those people. There are plenty of people who are on your page and they're evaluating and they're going, you know what? It's just not right for me, but we don't need to focus on them. There are, there are 95% of them that are just, it's just not right for them, but there's a smaller section that needs some answers, some reassuring. Um, and it's your product pages job to do that. Now we don't do that with, you know, silly hacks, like, you know, pretending that there, there's some urgency that there really isn't only one left yeah, the, the fake fire fire emoji apps. Yeah. <laughs> or uh you know jane from delaware just bought this maybe it's the last one there's really no need for that um so you know the the true things about improving these product pages is again for those that are ready to buy let's get out of their way get them to add to cart and for those that need a little help let's make sure that um we have a product page that helps answer their questions and and, and first and foremost, showcase the value that our product will provide to them. Uh, and so I heard uh, copy, copy, copy. You talked a lot about uh, copywriting, product description. Is that where we start? Yeah, so really it's it's about, um, we've developed this, this framework called the script framework. So script for, um, and we'll start with S's and story. So it's, it's, it's um, you know, each letter obviously corresponds to a part of the framework and story is the first one. Now, when I say story, I don't necessarily mean that your product page has to like 
follow a Joseph Campbell hero's journey or, or have some clear beginning, middle and end. But it's about understanding that the person on your page wants some outcome. You know, they don't want uh, a nonstick frying pan. They want to make eggs easily in the morning with something that rinses off really, you know, that, that, that cleans up really easily. Um, so understanding your product, the outcome that your user is trying to get when they're on your product page and selling it in that way, as opposed to, we just tend to see, you know, one of a couple uh, one of two things, let's say one is just overly boasting copy about we're, you know, uh, we're the greatest solution for this. And we offer best in class X, Y, and Z phrases that people have heard a million times, um, or just going feature, 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 you know, this, this hair dryer has X amount of Watts and, um, you know, it's this size. It's like, well, those aren't things that help tell the story or, or, or sell in any way. Um, that's, that's number one. And so, so looking at your copy in terms of, is this telling any sort of story? Is this helping anyone achieve the outcome? Uh, that they desire. So we've got a framework for the product detail page. Do we mm -hmm. have one uh, for for copywriting specifically? Like I always go, you know, I, I look at copy hackers. Um, I look at other frameworks for like sales letters tend to work really well. Yeah. So I would say let's talk about a couple of external resources and then some of the ways that, that we generate copy ideas, because I, I will put my hand far, far up in the air that for me, sitting down with a with a blank page to write copy um you wouldn't want to know the things i'd rather do than that okay <laughs> that is just not a place i want to be let's go to the dentist to get our teeth cleaned 100 percent. so w one is i tried not to do that uh by by other ways to, to kickstart the copy but but first i want to call out a couple of, of people that i think are, are great follows in this in this department one is is one that you mentioned which is joanna weeb over at copy hackers who has been doing this at the top forever. I mean, she, her copy hacker stuff is, is, is fantastic. Um, Pep Laja over at, at CXL has a lot of great resources on, on copywriting. Um, those are two, you know, two good places that, that I would start now on the other side, which is how do you start without a blank? How do you start with a, um, with a paper that's not blank, right? With no blinking cursor and nothing there, go, go through your reviews. Go through any feedback that customers have given you. Um, if you have live chat transcripts, go through those. Start just pulling things your customers have already said about your product and weave that into your story. Um, this is such a good... This is like... If you take no other advice from this episode, that's the one that will just pay dividends forever. It, it is incredible how few brands do this. And then run around saying they're like data driven. So data is not just numbers. There's qualitative data as well. So again, your reviews, um, support tickets, the, the way that your customers speak, first of all, besides just what to say, it's a great lesson for how to say it. Speak yeah, how like they your talk about speak. your stuff is probably different than how you talk about it. As the it most certainly is. It most certainly is. Um, and if we go, so we talked about the script form uh, uh script framework number two is clarity what we say about clarity is just avoid using cliche overused terms sounding overly boasty about your product yeah well um, you want to avoid cliches like the plague of course well absolutely <laughs> you don't have a but in the in the sound deck yet 
I know the, I, I need a rim shot for that one. Oh well, uh, you know what? I'll just talk about myself instead. Tech mask. There we go. <laughs> well, one of the things. So, so the way to like trick yourself into doing this is pretending as if you're simply writing to a friend, right? If you were texting a friend about your product or an email to a friend about a product, it's so much easier to write that way. And then if you feel like you need to quote unquote like you know add a little professionalism, you can do that. But it's better to do that and start from what people tend to do with copy is they write it, they, they look at their Google analytics and they go, oh my goodness, 60,000 people a month on this site. And when they write their copy, they imagine, you know, it's almost like they're standing on a stage to those 60,000 having to like yeah, speak they're, they're to all speaking of them. speaking to a stadium. Right. Which is, you want it to be one-on-one. Absolutely. Right. Cause there's only one person on your website at a time. Right. It's not, it's not, you're not trying to speak to 60,000. You're trying to speak to one. Um, and so again, reframing how we write copy as writing it to a friend, um, that's how we inject clarity. Um, and not, you know, there's always this phrase of like clear over clever. Um, it, <laughs> the clarity of it, trumps clever is how I always said it. Yes. Clear it, over clever is more clear. And that has been AB tested to the hilt. And trust me, uh, you know, when in doubt, go, go clear over clever. No, a hundred percent. Um, so we got, we want to tell a story. Mm. We want clarity. We need to use our customer's language. We want to write it. You focused. So talking more about the outcome for the customer, what their benefit is, what pain they're probably experiencing before they buy the product. What's going to happen. Uh, we want clarity. We want to use the language that customers use by mining reviews for a lot of this information, or maybe customer interviews. What have I missed? Well, we want to talk about the R in script, which is reviews. And everyone knows, I know, okay, everyone will just say, oh, I know reviews are important. I know, I know, I know they're important. We got we to try and get more reviews. Okay. First of all, you know, from the start, do a great job of soliciting reviews, even if you do things in the beginning that don't scale, like personally reaching out to every customer, asking them, you know, hey, I'd love to know your thoughts on this product. When that email comes from the, from the, CEO or founder of the company, it, it means a lot. Um, and when you gather reviews, then don't just put them stuck at the bottom of a product page and, and a tiny little link next to the stars. Grab a couple of great reviews and feature them higher up on the product. So feature them in your buy box. Feature them. Um, we've had a lot of success actually featuring them on the lower third or lower quarter of product uh, images. Just a little overlay with a review. And a particularly great review. Like, copy, like take a, an excerpt from a great review and just mm-hmm. make it part of the image. Bingo. Okay. Um, and, and a particularly great review is something, is, is one that expresses some doubt that was eventually overcome. So something like, you know, with this product, I was initially afraid that X would happen, but then I opened the box and Y. Yeah, right? it so, always so starts with my of, initial, what was my initial doubt? Mm-hmm. before buying this product. Those are like the just absolute gold. Gems. When you get those, you need to be stashing them, you know, stashing them away. Because it um, speaks to, an, if they had that objection, other people did too. Absolutely. And, and a quick call out for um, something I'm sure we have discussed on a previous podcast, but if you, if you have a tool like Hotjar or Full Story or something similar, you can be simply asking customers on your site, Hey, what's your number one doubt or hesitation about this product? Um, you can also go back in 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 Clavio or your email tool 
and ask people that bought your product, what was the one thing that nearly stopped you from purchasing? If you didn't so, make a purchase today, why not? Right, but but actually, there's an important that distinction one's too here, broad, right? Because though. you're right, that one is too broad, and you talk to people that didn't buy. Ah. Right? So now we're talking to we've 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 brought all these people in that maybe the product was just never right for, and then we've asked their opinion, and first of all, overwhelmingly, they just say price too expensive. Too yeah, expensive. too expensive. Too expensive. Okay. But really, the flip side of that coin is we they didn't see the value, and that's my fault or just whatever circumstance they're in where it's like just doesn't make sense for them i mean we we should spend more time qualifying people out of our funnel right this product isn't for you if xyz that's okay there's no shame in that but the 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 way that this question gets a lot of gold is when you go to the people that did purchase right qualified purchasers and you say hey what was that one thing that nearly stopped you and those are a lot of things that we can say okay you know those are things you can objection bust on your on your product page. Okay. Uh, anything else I need to do with reviews? Any tactics on getting the reviews? I know, like, personally asking for them is huge. So I recently someone asked me, hey, how'd you get, we have 200 reviews on our podcast. They said, how'd you get it? I said, anytime anyone said anything nice about the podcast, I asked, hey, would you mind leaving a review? And that's where a lot of the reviews came from, is I had to ask for them one-on-one. And And that... I don't have a, a miraculous answer for this other than one, you should have a, a um, an email workflow set up to ask people that purchase in X amount of weeks. Whenever you, by the way, set that to like when you think they might've found value in the product, right? So maybe not a day after if and you that, sell a supplement that helps you sleep, right? Like it might take a couple of weeks for someone to realize if that works or not. Well, but they got to receive uh, it in the mail they and have then to they, gotta, it they have, the, exp- they you know need to take it out of the box and then use it and then have time to adjust to it. You're right. You got to tie the review timing is the number one thing we've been able to mess with to increase um, opt-in rate on reviews. Yeah. And then uh, I'm just a a big fan of, you know, the the do things that don't scale um, and just like ask people when people say nice things, say, hey, would you mind adding a review to that? I know that people go, well, that'll never work when I'm selling X amount. When you're selling that many, you probably have enough numbers that the review workflows and email are, are, are getting a decent amount of, of, um, um, of action on them, you know, the, and the, the no duh answer is make a great product. Yeah, of course. You want reviews that like have a product worth re- reviewing. <laughs> Just, you know, have something really, really good that people want and want to pay for it. <laughs> Very easy. Um, okay. The, we get, we're at uh, story clarity reviews. We got ipped left in the script system. We've got, we've got ipped left. And the I in ipped is what I've been a little obsessed with lately, which I feel is, is one of the more underutilized parts of the product page right now. And that's your image gallery. So advice from, from you know, maybe eight, 10 years ago is what matters in an image gallery is that you take high quality photos and that you have a lot of them. And if you can toss in a video, that's great too. Now, that's not bad advice at all, but what I tend to see sometimes is it's a product, beautiful product image, great photo, but there are 40 of them at just a slightly different angle. It's like, well, that's not really helping me understand much because you're just giving me the same picture at a slightly different angle. Yeah, I got a 360 view divided into 10 photos. <laughs> exactly, and you're just making me go through all of them. So, the, the you know, and products, you know, pictures around your product, yes, great. But there are a lot of other things that we can do to help these other initiatives, to help tell the story. Um, 
So I know, um, obviously, Kurt, you're familiar with Tactical Baby Gear. TBG, Beaver so, Brody. TBG. They sell um, diaper bags, mainly to guys who want a more macho-looking uh, 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 diaper bag, right? Yeah. It's a diaper bag with them. Molly webbing. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I have one. I used it as a laptop bag for a while, too, after um, it was no longer a diaper bag. Um, they do, if you go to their site, they do a great job with their product images on, on several points. One, each picture sort of tell answers a question, which is they show it open with stuff inside it, like here's where the diapers go. They show a picture from the side with the diaper wipe holder. Okay, cool, I've got wipes. They show it with the diaper pad and they do something that not enough brands do, which is they annotate the images. They add a little arrow that says, you know, built-in diaper bag, or I'm sorry, built-in uh, um, changing pad, changing pad. So it's like, oh, great. I know that that's included. I don't need to. Now, as someone is going through in their mind, all right, so I, I've got the kid. I'm at the store by myself. Need to change a diaper. They can look through those pictures and go, ping, 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 ping. They have everything that I need. So annotated images is a great way, especially if you have a technical product. Um, you know, if you have headphones, point to, you know, here's the Bluetooth connector switch, uh, connects to up to two devices. These types of things that are also going to be duplicated as benefits in your product description, you can add them on the image as well. I know earlier we talked about taking the bottom third or um, the bottom quarter of the page and just overlaying um, a, uh, a testimonial or a review. Um, I have one client who kept getting the question, they sell kids dishes basically, stainless steel kids dishes. And they kept getting the question like, are these dishwasher safe? And it said dishwasher safe in the, in the description. But what they simply did was took a picture of their products in a dishwasher added it to all of the product image galleries, they don't get this question as much anymore. Yeah, right? if you're show me, don't, be, show me, don't tell me. If you're going to say, well, people don't read, well, then a picture's worth a thousand words and you need to show me. And you know where you see really good examples of this um, is Amazon listings. You know, if you're mm -hmm. an Amazon seller, that one listing page is everything you have. That's like the entirety of your, your sales opportunity. And so you'll see on Amazon listings, they often will have like the second image is going to be like a the product with the features and benefits just written right over it. And I've always wondered why Shopify sellers don't take advantage of the exact same tactic. And here you're exactly. saying, well, they should, and it works. They should, and it works. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I you can put um, some brands, I, I see putting an Instagram post from one of their customers like in their image gallery. Again, when you have someone another lesson learned from heat maps is when you look at a product page and you see the next image button, just red, 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 hot, right? People open up and just give me that next image. And, and this is an opportunity to tell and sell your story and these images. And if all you're going to do with that is again, 40 pictures of your, of your product at slightly different angles, like you're just not making the most of that. Um, so again, annotating the images to show points to specific benefits on the product um showing it in its like lifestyle habitat right so it show it yeah, you want as, that action shot the action shots you know there's a there's a uh the snoo smart bat smart bassinet right the the smart crib the 1400 smart crib their product image gallery is a work of art it's these beautiful pictures you know the the mom and dad doting over the crib like things that may not even happen in real life but i mean you're crazy if you don't think that's the life i want i want that beautiful house i want that you know like it's great it's yeah so you want to hold up you want to hold up a mirror, but not just any mirror. We're talking like Harry Potter mirror where you're yeah. going to show the customer 
a 10% version of their life as it is. And that's the stuff that really connects. Absolutely. Absolutely. This new smart sleeper. Yeah, I'm, their it's, product page it, is really good. Um, it is PBGs incredible. is good, but I'm biased because I designed <laughs> and built it. Um, but I'll include links to both of those in here. Yeah, they're, they're both they're two great examples. Um, next up is, is is sort of an obvious one that that just tends to get a bit overlooked, particularly for more complicated products. And that's so the P in script stands for parts and pieces. Pretty simple here. We just want to tell somebody in the description what exactly is coming in this box when I open it. Spell um, it out for me. I want that what's included spell so bad. it out. Spell it out. Now think of things like electronics. I know um, one example I use is from a site called uh, Crutchfield. They do oh, like audio and good. electronics. Yeah. yeah. And so for instance, if you go to like, um, I was, <laughs> confession, I was looking at drones the other day. So, uh, oh, thank God. Good for you. <laughs> And as someone who's like, isn't that familiar? I'm thinking, okay. It's intimidating. What does it come? Like when I open this, am I going to be able to fly this drone or do I have to like buy some extra cord, extra charger, extra adapter? And when you go to a product page that has the what's included section, it's like, okay, bing, 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 bing. Everything I need. Like when I open this box, I can have the outcome I desire (laughs) without having to go buy something else. So, um, and also, if you have little perks that you pack in the boxes, if you, you know, there's a, there's a, like a, a cultural love for unboxing, right? And I'm not saying you have to do some special unboxing video, right? But just tell people exactly what they're going to get in there um, so that they know, um, they know what to expect. Hey, I got a question. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15%? You could try standing on the corner with a megaphone. Hey, you in the denim jacket. What's your credit card number? I got some stuff you could buy. Or you could just use Zipify one-click upsell. Created by the owner of a $100 million e-commerce store and trusted by over 8,100 Shopify merchants, one-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. You can make pre-purchase upsells from the shopping cart, or you can make post-purchase upsells immediately after a customer completes their order. And with mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, and built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $139 million in sales. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask them for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Okay, back to the show. What were we discussing? Absolutely. And I actually, I have a client who sells uh, aftermarket electronics for cars, like radios and head units and stuff. And one of their their portfolio sites, a site that they look to is like, these guys really, if we could be more like them, that'd be great. It's Crutchfield. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've done, we've taken inspiration from Crutchfield um, and other sites for this, but you're right. I think one of the things we didn't do that we should have was really spell out what's included, like flat out, use the words what's included. Cause that's what my brain's looking for. And then also a photo. And what's interesting, like I'm looking at Crutchfield, they've got the DJI FPV drone combo. It's this $1,300 drone. It's brand new. Uh, Toby Lutke from Shopify even tweeted about this thing. I want it. 
But if I'm spending $1,300 on something, I'm going through every aspect of this product page. I want to know what's included. I don't want to be missing stuff. First picture on here is the highlights. It's like the three core items you get. Second picture is every single item in that box laid out in a, a flat lay. Kurt, are you suggesting that if you were going to spend $1,300, you would read the product page? What? But that's impossible. You don't know what reads. <laughs> no one reads. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's a, a good point, though, is that in addition to just answering those questions of like what's in the box, when you spec out that there are 17 things that come in this box, you're also sort of in a bit like value anchoring this product to say, yes, it's a lot of money, but you are getting all of these things, um, you know, all of these things in the box. Um, yeah. And, and also for the more technical products that say like, all right, I kind of have to have the boring information there. That's, that's totally fine. As a general rule, we go from general information at the top to specific information at the bottom. So when you say like, how can we fit all this information on the page? It's okay to have detailed information that you might have to scroll to. It's okay. Like Kurt just said, I I'm scouring that page if I'm reading this thing to find, you know, exact size, exact specifications. It's okay to have that stuff. Um, that doesn't, everything doesn't have to be jammed up at the top. And um, to say another thing just about, about Crutchfield and, and, and sites that do a great job like them is the things they do take a fair bit of work. All of their top bestseller pages have blurbs that were written by an employee. Yeah, they didn't copy and paste the, the manufacturer description. Bingo. And it has the employee's face and says like, you know, like Bill from our gear department wrote this. And you would suggest that and people would go, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. It's like, well, Crutchfield has a lot of, <laughs> like, you know, this is, it, it. it's a tough and competitive environment. And the higher we climb, the thinner the air gets. You got to do the extra steps. So touches like that um, are important. And, and they also get unique, uh, a unique SEO advantage from having uh, unique, unique content. On yeah, unique long form content. Lots of long tail keyword phrases and these very, like, I would imagine this drone page you know, pretty technical. Um, you know what's actually, and we they would say, oh, people don't read. I'm going to copy and paste just the overview description from DJI's or from Crutchfield's page about this product. And I'm putting it into a word count tool. So we're going to see just how much people don't read. We'll see all the content they're not reading. <laughs> it's a, it's 1,200 words. Yeah. Yeah, and I that's just the overview description. There's some other tabs in here. <laughs> Oh, there's reviews, Q&A, and articles. I did not include those. So, I guess a, a quick call out. I didn't put it in, in, in my notes to talk about, but I think that and this is probably something that's happening downstream from, from Amazon is having a review section in addition to a Q&A section is really quite helpful uh, because a lot of times people are scouring reviews to answer a question, but a nice Q&A section um, is really helpful as well. And even if some of that content doubles up, that's totally okay. Yeah, it's all that's another thing that I like is a I think a variation on people don't read is well, we already we stated this once on one page, therefore it can never be stated again anywhere. And that's just not true. You like just reinforce it, make it obvious. No one's gonna be mad that like I read that twice. Oh, I'm never gonna get that time back. It's just not gonna happen. Uh in fact no, what you'll get is fewer <laughs> people asking you the silly questions that make you think no one reads. Um so we've got we've gotten through script. Now we're down to mm -hmm. tuh. What's the mm -hmm. T in Just script? Just tuh left. T stands for terms. And when we say terms, I mean like answering all of those what if questions. So hmm. what if what if the package shows up and it's damaged? 
What if it breaks after two months? What if I open it up and I just don't like it? Um, so it's, it's, it's your policies, but how are you stating your policies? How upfront are you with your policies? If you're not upfront with your policies, is that because they're pretty stinky policies? You know, <laughs> might be time to review those and say, okay, maybe a seven day return window isn't enough. You know, maybe a 10 day warranty isn't enough. <laughs> There's a lot of competition, you know, there as well. And, and what this is not is this is not having a stock icon and putting satisfaction guaranteed. That is not <laughs> that is not going to uh, to help anyone to buy your product. Um, we go back to clarity and we go back to you know these these overused cliche terms. That is going to get skipped over like nothing. I mean, so quickly it's it's not going to matter or mean anything. So if you have a if you have a really good warranty policy, if you have a ten year warranty, if you have there are products out there with lifetime. If you have one of those. This goes back to what we were saying before. Mention it 10,000 times. Mention it everywhere. That's unique. That is actually a that is a pattern interrupt. It is not what someone is expecting to see when they come to the page. They're expecting to see, you know, satisfaction guaranteed, easy returns. What is what does easy returns mean? So be uh, a good pattern deal. Interrupt. What the heck does it mean? I, I I was sure hoping it wouldn't be hard. I don't know. <laughs> you know? And and when Zappos first did this and said, uh, you know, free shipping both ways. 365 day returns. It got, do you remember the amount of PR they got just for that? That was like, that was their entire marketing strategy. It was, and they, they were famous. And they and people were like, how, how do they possibly do this? <laughs> I mean, and, and so it was a pet. It was not something people expected to see. And so therefore it worked. So make sure you have the answers to all those. What if questions try to write them in a way that's, that's plain English and, and also review your policies and make sure they are actually something that, that are, you know, beneficial to a customer without you obviously losing money, but also track that and make sure that that's really the case. People say, oh, if we went from a 30 to 45 day return policy, we would lose so much money. Well, a couple of things to consider there. One, is that true? Two, is there something wrong with your product or your product detail page and the way you sell this that people keep buying the wrong thing or something that they think is going to solve problem X and it doesn't. Um, so terms is the last one. Solving these these, these what if questions um, is vital. Those are the objection busters. And how do you uncover the objections? And uh, like, are are we talking about consistent objections? You know, like you know, what what's returns and exchanges, or do we also include some other like category or product specific objections in there? So I would say if you have, if you're like direct to consumer, you have a unique product that has, you know, um, you can bundle in there things like it's an example. Um, let's talk about uh, supply razors. Um, it's like a single blade safety razor, I believe, but like that product itself, you know, um, the blades last longer, the, um, the, the, uh, razor itself is meant to like last a lifetime. Those product specific things are good to put there, right. Um, where you can, you can kind of, you can badge them and make them their own value propositions. But, um, th those types of things can kind of earn their way into this section where you're at, you're answering these what if questions. Okay, uh, I've got I've got some follow up questions for you here. Now that we've gone through script, which is story, clarity, reviews, images, parts and pieces, and terms. Uh, so for good examples, the stuff that's inspiring you, we talked about snoo, tactical baby gear, uh, supply. Any other examples of sites that you're like you? If you're thinking about your your product detail page, these are the ones that are so good they're going to make you cry. You're going to be like, wow, I'm wildly inadequate. <laughs> 
Yeah, so so I'm going to talk about one that actually we we borrowed some of these concepts for a client of mine. They've been working fantastically. And, and the good news on this is that it has to do with like something that a lot of stores internally see as a problem, which is like inventory management. What happens when something goes out of stock? And you sort of have a couple of options there. One, you can just make the add to cart button gray, do nothing else. That's the least ideal. I mean, in a collection page, seeing a sold out product, there is some sort of, okay, there's some demand here. Create some scarcity, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. Um, but in the least, you want to do uh, an email drop, hey, notify me when it's back in stock, right? Now, the other option I I've seen for a long time is, okay, now you can pre-order it. Well, okay, now I, I can buy it. And that, that makes some sense too. But I saw um, a brand called Caraway. They sell nonstick uh, ceramic pans. And it's clear that they're, they're doing pretty well. They're selling out in their uh, stock. Now, I would imagine behind the scenes, it's like, oh, man, when are we going to get this, this inventory management right? Like this is sold out and that's sold out. But what they've done is they've taken that, flipped it on its head, flipped it on its head and made it into a positive. So right now, when you go to their product page for one of their products that is sold out, it says reserve now. So instead of pre-order, it says reserve, which is just better. <laughs> it's just better than saying pre-order. And they'll also it's just be up, yeah, they'll, they'll also just be up front and say, our next shipment is coming in on this date and it's already 26% sold out. That's oh, transparent. It's so good. It's true. Right. It's true. It's not, it's not, there's no BS there. Like, sure. Technically, could they be making all that up? I, I, I suppose, but it's not, it's not the uh, countdown ticker, you know, order in the next four minutes or you never know if you'll ever see the, this again. The fire emoji. If yeah, you fire, have fire, a fire, fire emoji. emoji in you know, the product form of your PDP, we're no longer friends. That's just, <laughs> that's how that's going to work. So we, we, but I took this, this concept and one of my um, clients, um, is, they're called Ahimsa. And they, they sell stainless steel. This kind of really cool looking stainless steel dinnerware for kids. But they also are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like this color sold out and that color sold out. Like, what are we going to do here? We tried a couple of different things. But then I saw this example. I said, like, wait a minute. Why are we not? It's okay that these things sell out. It means a lot of people want them. Let's just be as clear as possible. Hey, our spring shipment is expected to arrive this day. We're getting this many. Here's how many have sold out. Uh, you know, if you'd like to get yours in this batch, reserve it. If not, it might be a while. Like, let's just be upfront and honest. And this worked so well. They had this kind of strategy going where their, their ads were doing better. Everything was doing better because first of all, they said, you know what? We don't feel bad now. We can send traffic to this page before they were shutting ads off because there was no product to sell. When in reality, there is, it's just going to take a while. And if someone decides, I don't want to wait, that's fine. But plenty of people have said, no, no, no. Listen, if so many people are buying this, I want to, I want to jump on that train as well. Um, I think it's a really neat way to example uh, to to uh, to handle some in things that internally can be viewed as inventory management issues and spin it on its head and make it a positive. I would agree with all of that. Um, one thing I want to pick your brain on is tabbed descriptions. It, we, you can because people don't read. Apparently, the solution to that is you jam everything and hide it behind a tab, or you put it in an accordion menu, which is just a uh, a horizontal. Or vertical, I don't even know anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. Variation on a tab. Where do you stand on the tab accordion or neither debate? Yeah, so I don't. I'm not a big tab person. Um, well, well, I guess first and foremost, using some of the things we've talked about, you know, in this podcast, 
talking to your customers about what's important to them. Let's try first to go through all of the content and without any prejudging, establish like what is really important here? What is helping to sell this product? And then, like we said before, it's okay to have long content that scrolls. Let's just organize that from general at the top to specific at the bottom. Now, if you must have some sort of, you know, um, open close type apparatus for your content. One way we've found that that tends to get around this and, and work in a pretty decent way is an accordion style, but the first 20% or so is always open. Aha. Uh-huh. And then there's like a little read more link, or if you click anywhere on it, it just opens it up. But you're giving people a peek view into, because first of all, you know what people sometimes hide behind there? Reviews. I, that drives hiding? me crazy. What That's one of the here? optimizations when we get pulled in on an existing site. I'm like, let's just take those reviews out of the tab there, buddy. Yes. So <laughs> now a, nice, a, a compromise of, of sorts would be open that up, open it up a little bit so you can at least see one positive review. And then anywhere you click inside of it opens it more. Same thing for, again, if you have a specifications tab or, or, or um, uh, accordion or, or whatever. That works as a nice uh, way of saying, okay, like because of our design, our theme or whatever, it it, it quote unquote has to be this way. Um, that's a nice way to sort of give people a peek into what's behind because you just, you do not want to be hiding reviews in any manner. It just doesn't make any sense at all. So during the pandemic, I bought a lot of stupid crap. What is the your favorite thing you bought during the pandemic? This is going to be, this is so silly. Uh, I bought a coffee frother. So it's like a little, okay, so it's like a little, um, it's like a little battery operated, tiny, tiny whisk. So like Mm. my coffee now has gotten a little complicated. It's got like, I've done some of the butter in the coffee and the MCT oil and the vanilla and whatnot. But I used to do this in like a blender. It's such, it's such, such a mess, but you can't just stir it with a spoon. It doesn't, you know, so you use this frother. It just stirs it like crazy and makes everything looks like a Starbucks drink when you're done with it. Oh, I love it. like 12 bucks. But then you can use it like anything you drink where the powder gets kind of like yucky. Yeah. You don't stir it enough. Frother. Zzz, done. Oh. oh yes. I'm already because <laughs> I got some matcha green tea. I think it'd be perfect yes, for that. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. It gets a little chalky if it's not stirred up all the way. The coffee frother is the way to go on that. When you think about success, who comes to mind? Someone popped into your head immediately. My grandpa. Ah, my, my grandpa came to my mind and I thought like that was kind of a, you know, but so, you know, came over here from Italy when he was seven family lived in West Virginia, like in the coal mines, they eventually, you know, I'm from Detroit. So when they heard, um, that Henry Ford was paying $5 a day, that was them. They, they came on up here, moved. He realized he was never going to work in, in factory. So he started his own barbershop and I, and I, and I look back on that one, it was my first job was sweeping up hair in a barbershop. But I remember like, I remember even back then thinking, this is like, my, my grandpa doesn't just cut hair. He's like an entertainer. He's like a friend. He's mm-hmm. like a, you know, and, and that's why, you know, I think it's part of why I'm so obsessive about storytelling in these things. It's like, it's all that matters, right? So I look back at that and I go, man, like what a, what a neat way to, to, to do your life. You love talking to people. So you opened a barbershop and talked all day. <laughs> it cut a little hair too. That's cool. I really like that. I'm glad I asked. Um, what are you, what are you most excited about right now? 
I am most excited about people getting vaccinated. Me too. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I can't believe it's I, finally I, happening. I am I am thinking about this summer and and how much I have missed, you know, being being with a decent sized group of friends. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to, to doing that again. Um and, and hopefully hopefully no short order here. And yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Final question. If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, what, which three do you keep? Oh, this is very good. Okay. All right. And we're Give assuming me... like, you know, messages and phone. Yeah. 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 The ones that stay are, are, are the ones that, that are there. Okay. It would have to be, um, overcast. So that's my podcast app. So I can listen to the unofficial Shopify podcast mm-hmm. every week. Um, that would definitely be one. I'll be honest. YouTube's got to stay on there. The amount of times I throw the headphones on with the dishes going and, and watch a little YouTube, that's going to stay. I've only got, I only have three. I only have three. Um, oh my goodness, this is tough. You know what? And the other one, for sake of my own productivity, the app Freedom. Oh, I use Freedom too. Yeah. So Freedom.to so is actually the website. Yeah, Freedom.to. It blocks me from any distracting websites every day from like 6 a.m. to 11, 11 a.m. So like that morning block can't I cannot go on Reddit I cannot go on Facebook Twitter etc. Um, with those three I feel like I could get by. Yeah, it's quite freedom. I with especially with the, the pandemic and just being you know isolated at home. I really it, the distractions are tough, and so I I started using freedom. Like I used to do it like oh I got to get some stuff done and there's you know a shiny object I want to research so I'd use freedom. Now it's just it's part of my daily routine. It's on a schedule Monday through yep. Friday, and it works across devices. So I don't we're like completely plugging freedom, but it's really good if you find it's, you're like it just it just yeah. works. And, and, and one the, of those and, people wants to just go down like Reddit or YouTube rabbit holes like me. <laughs> well, and and the thing about it is you don't realize how often when you are even just slightly procrastinating an email you don't want to write that you just open that tab and go right yep. to Twitter or Reddit. Yep. Like you don't realize how often you do it until you block it and you go, oh my goodness, like I was doing it that much, and then it be, it really does help to to break that pattern. I mean, it just, it just does. So yeah, we can <laughs> plug that quite a bit, but, but it's good. It's yeah, no, it's super legit. Uh, Josh, where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah. So, so my CRO agency is test triggers.com T E S T T R I G G E R S. You can find me, uh, at Josh Frank on Twitter and my emails, Josh at test triggers.com. If you have uh, questions or you'd like me to take a look at your product page, because apparently that's just what I do now. <laughs> It's, you know, it's, it's such an important space, uh, to answer questions. And, you know, now that this is in my head, I already, I'm sure you're going to be getting referrals from me more so. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and it, and it really is like we talked about at the very beginning of this call. It is something I have been telling people for forever. All product page was so important, so important. But then it wasn't until I just sat down and looked at a ton of them in a given couple weeks. I was like, boy, man, we're just not. We're just not getting the most out of these. There's just, you know, they're just, they're just so many ways it's to optimize. Missed, so it's, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Sure. I have one of my favorite clients. I'm always like, like, how oh, we got to get conversion up. We got to get conversion up. I'm like, all right, well, we've like smoothed the funnel. Every possible road bump's gone, but please, can we get someone to just like write really awesome descriptions for our top mm-hmm. 10 products? And I'm like, that's the thing that's missing. And, you know, it's often a hard sell internally in organizations, which I think is funny because like it's copyright has been around for so long. And so we j- we're just not thinking about it as like the exciting tool that it is. 
there are things that are really, really helpful and profitable, but just need like some rebranding. Like copywriting yes. is one of them. When you, as soon as you say it, people's eyes glaze over. When I talk about user research. But if you research, talk about like machine learning, like AI. Oh, baby. Where, where can I write a chat? AI copywriting. Called? That suddenly everybody's like, all right, a robot's going to write my copy. I'll use that. What? You want the robot to do it? It's just using Google searches. Oh, my yeah. God. Just write it yourself. Oh, well. But, but on it, that it's, note. It's true. <laughs> well, Always a pleasure. We'll end it there. Oh, Josh, thank you. This has been great. E-commerce sales are at an all-time high. So if you've been waiting for the quote-unquote right time to launch your online store, here is your sign. Yes, you got to launch it now. In 2021, success in e-commerce is going to depend on whether or not you provide an amazing customer experience. And Out of the Sandbox has a 10-year track record of delivering excellent customer experiences by building premium Shopify themes that look and work amazingly well. And that helps merchants make more money. So their best-selling theme, Turbo, fully loaded, easily accommodates high-volume large catalog shops or small shops looking for premium performance because it is just that flexible. It is arguably the fastest theme on the market with speed settings that you could control and customization settings that free themes just can't compete with. For 20% off Turbo, visit outofthesandbox.com unofficial and use promo code KURT20 at checkout. Try the new theme for two weeks. And if you don't like it, they will give you your money back. How's that for a risk reversal guarantee? That's outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial. Promo code KURT20 for 20% off turbo and a 14-day money back guarantee. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.